You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. This is 90-something podcast. I know it sounds mental, but sometimes I have more fun vegging out than when I go partying. Maybe because my party clothes are so binding. You're an idiot. I'll show you. Starting tomorrow, you'll see I'm just as sane as anybody. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? Smelly cat, smelly cat, what are they feeding you? Mentos, the fresh maker. Hey, this is Bonsai Retro Club. I am Dave. Online, I've got Rose. Hello. And Suzanne. Hi. And we're missing Scott today, uh, just because I guess Aww. he had a little bit too much fun. But, uh, you know, he's allowed. <laughs> he's allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this is it. We're wrapping up our uh, our year-end discussion. We've talked about 1970. We've talked about 1980. And now we're going to be talking about the year 1990. Uh, so this is just the uh, the wrap-up for our, uh, our saga here. Um, and, you know, we'll be talking about some headlines, we're going to be talking about some music, some movies, uh, TV shows, just if it happened in the year 1990 and we think it's kind of cool, we're going to probably bring it up. So that's how we're going to play the game today. Um, the uh, the one thing that I wanted to just let everybody know from the onset, we'll also say this at the end, but we're also going to be taking a little bit of a breather um, after this episode, so... The, uh, the gang is going to be taking about a month off, uh, and then we'll be uh, back into making some podcasts for everybody. So uh, don't want uh, anybody to freak out when they don't see uh, a new episode drop every, uh, every part of the month. So uh, just just be, uh, you know, just hang out and wait for us. We'll come back to you. We promise. Yeah. We're still out here. Yep. Uh, so, uh, the year 1990, um, as I did with the previous, uh, 1970 and 1980 episode is we had a, uh, a, a link that had, you know, different events that had happened throughout the year. And the one that had, um, I, I guess grabbed my attention first, and I didn't realize it happened in the year 1990 was it was the onset or the beginning of IMDB. Uh, what I'm reading now Ooh is that it's one of the oldest websites on the internet and began on Usenet in 1990. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a list of actresses with beautiful eyes. So that's how IMDb got its wow. start. Um, so I just find that interesting that that was kind of the, 
the catalyst of the idea that would turn it into, you know, this big movie database. You know, it was basically a, you know, uh, a site about, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, actresses with beautiful eyes. (laughs) And then, you know, it evolved into this thing that I just couldn't imagine us living without. Um, Oh, man. So, um, because I'm always consulting that, you know, IMDb. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of had assumed that it had grown from some kind of a existing association, but I guess not. It's a, it's a product of the internet. That's very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, let's see. The other thing that really grabbed my attention also was that um, Microsoft started including Solitaire in Windows, I guess, in the year 1990, and part of that was to get people familiarizing with drag and drop you know, for the, uh, the graphic user mm-hmm. interface. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it's kind of funny. I never thought of the, I thought it was just a time waster. Like, let's just throw in a game. You know, I didn't realize it was a teaching tool. So it's kind of kind of interesting to read the, you know, the reasoning behind, you know, putting that game in there. Mm-hmm. And it worked because a lot of us played that, you know, the, the game just because you want to see those little cards kind of, you know, bounce at the end when you, when you, you know, you won. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> I guess, but 1990, like I was, I, I don't remember being on a computer in 1990. So like maybe, maybe the year after, Yeah, you know, like the, uh, I remember my first, one of my first jobs in 1994, I think I remember first, having um like any kind of computer with an actual operating system right mm-hmm. so 1990 i mean that had to be kind of limited use as far as getting people to, to use the solitaire i mean windows 95 didn't even come out you know for half a decade mm-hmm. right yeah uh, after that i think mac the mac computers had a little bit more of a um actual functional functional interface when they first came out they did but um they completely they did, did. Yeah, yeah so but yeah, like a, a, a IBM-based processor system, you really had things like uh, Microsoft DOS. You know, if you didn't know how to do the DOS commands, then you pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. that was, um, you know, a, a, diff- a difficult endeavor. You know, and then they tried to mm-hmm. mimic the Mac, you know, with uh, Windows 3.11 for workgroups, and I think that would include what they're talking about here, Solitaire. But then that would consequently become part of, you know, all future versions of Windows that came out after that, which was like Windows uh, 95, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, XP, Windows 7, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure there's a lot more versions of it I skipped, but, you know, there's no reason to go through their history on this one. <laughs> but um, That's true. That... But just think of what life was like then when people, when you didn't have a real standard operating system you didn't have explorer you didn't you know like you right. didn't have anything mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah but but yet you know imb imdb was there yeah yeah it was yeah in its infancy in its infancy yeah that's amazing that's so cool so uh news headlines are there any of these that grabbed uh your attention suzanne uh let me scroll to the news headlines um I'm seeing quotes, I'm seeing culture. Like I had read through these and I'm remembering like scandals and odd news. Like the fact that they just put like airbags into cars. I actually remember 
the reference that they make here um, about the very first crash that involved airbags, and it was two identical um, Chevy LeBarons yeah. that mm. hit each other head on. And everybody was like, oh, my God. And those people just got up and, you know, they showed the car with it, you know, the airbags deflated or whatever. They showed the cars and the people had just like walked away from the accident, like nothing like that had ever happened before. So that was uh, that was kind of wild, um, you know, like changed, uh, you know, traffic uh, accidents, you know, and fatalities, I think, for the for the better for a long time. Um, let's see. I remember I remember a lot of this, a lot of. I remember the um, the Happy Land fire in New York. That was um, mm, a pretty big yeah. headline. Um, I lived in, um, yeah, that was in the Bronx. I, I lived on Long Island at the time, but um, I, re- I remember seeing the news footage. That was uh, that was pretty scary. And uh, let's see, what else am I remembering here? Stevie Ray Vaughan, who mm. I had gone to see at a, at a concert with, uh, you know, my boyfriend, now husband, took me to. Um, and I still have pictures. It wasn't long before this yeah. that we went to see him, and then maybe like within that year, um, he, uh, he there was that the helicopter crash. So, yeah. so that was pretty devastating for young people, who, mm-hmm. you know, who followed him. And uh, let's see, what other headlines am I, am I remembering? Um, something that I yeah. thought was Jim Henson died pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just something that um, uh, my oldest daughter, uh, she's actually becoming quite the um, I want to say advocate for uh, mm-hmm. you know, LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. just because you know her, her personal beliefs is that you know we shouldn't be judgmental of other people, you know, regardless of their beliefs. Uh, and you know how they feel about other people, so I, I applaud her for that you know line of thinking. But she didn't, she wasn't real, she didn't realize that you know it was until the year 1990 that homosexuality was actually listed as a mental illness by the World Health Organization. I saw that. How, biz- how Isn't that bizarre? bizarre is that? That is completely bizarre. Amazing. Like now, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I didn't. I didn't know what the heck the World Health Organization was saying about it at the time. But um, I guess I can imagine that kind of fitting into the landscape. I don't know, but that's. It's just so. It's just so horrifying. Isn't I, it? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But. You know, at least some things evolve for the better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, Rose, what about you? You got any other uh, of these uh, news headlines that are jumping out you? Um, several. Actually, I want to start at the bottom of the uh, – because I was reading that when, when you guys came on the air, and it's the uh, – what was it, 1990 pop culture, uh, first rap single to reach number one. Um, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. That wasn't <clears throat> it though, but uh, it was the one with the rest in peace, scandal, sad, and odd news. And it talked about um, the Rat Pack, Rat Packer Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, died at the age of 64 in 1990, and his widow discovered that he was nearly broke and owed back taxes. 
So she had his body exhumed to strip him of the $70,000 worth of jewelry he'd been buried with. What a bizarre story. Yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> and, a bizarre story. I don't remember hearing that at the time, but... <laughs> I don't remember hearing it either. And if that wasn't you know, weird enough, he was survived by both his mother, who was 85, and his grandmother, who was 110. So, yeah. How yeah, do you hide from your wife that you're absolutely yeah. broke? But meanwhile, you have 70 grand worth of jewelry on you all the time. Mm, yeah, well, that's why he was. <laughs> that's where that money went. There you go. Try to take it with him. Yeah, he tries. So I'm taking it with me. Um, I don't know how into British TV you guys are, and I truly only saw it for the only episodes that it was ever made. Uh, the British sitcom Heil Honey, I'm Home. It was a sitcom about Hitler and Ava. And they lived next door to a Jewish couple. Um, Whose idea was that? It was canceled after only one episode. Whose idea was that? Canceled after only one episode. And I remember watching the episode going, What year is this? What the hell is happening, people? I get it. You know, this sounds like something that you would do, like, as a segment, possibly on Monty Python, but not a freaking TV series. Come on, people. Oh, think think about yeah. what went on there. Somebody some, yeah. somebody had to have suggested the idea, wrote it, and then somebody said, "Yeah, we're going to do this." And then you know, let's find a director, let's find actors, right. put together How the whole production, and <laughs> and then suddenly somebody goes, "Yeah, let's put that on the air." <laughs> so how many people had to greenlight that just to get that one episode out? Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I could just see like somebody like doing Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction. Say it again, I dare you. I <laughs> double dare you. <laughs> what? Uh. <laughs> Except for yeah. And in nation. England, you know, like London got bombed out. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody was, you know, clearly behind it. Obviously, they wanted to go down in infamy. So. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Speaking of infamy, do you see this other item here, Dave, about Robin Fabrice? I was just going to bring that one yeah, up. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you take yeah. it. <laughs> well, and you know the thing with that is, um, it's <laughs> Rob Mop. Is it? Uh, well, of course, Fabrice, of course, is, is been since dead. Um, not then, but he died later on, about ten or fifteen years later. But Rob Moran. Uh, more van, sorry, uh, is still on the go, and he does shows now with you know, his own talent. He doesn't rely on anyone else. Um, they actually, and if anyone out there in podcast land doesn't know what I'm talking about, the uh, singers of Millie Vanilli uh, were a dynamic duo in 1990, they were best new artists. They won the Grammy. However, <laughs> they had to return their Grammy because they were lip syncing. And that was not them singing the song, Blame It on the Rain, or whatever the hell the song was called. What was the song? I don't even uh, know. Blame It on the Rain was but, one. Uh, don't Forget My Number yeah. was another. Yeah. Yep. But it was... Girl, you, girl, you know it's true. Yep, that, I remember yeah. that one. 
But I think that's really a common tale, though. You, I, I've heard it yeah. throughout the years of you know the record industry or you know the executives at you know for a specific label having a certain way they want things to go down, you know, and you know, yeah. you know comes you know things that come to mind are like uh, George Michael, like when he went through that you know that stint where he wasn't putting anything out because he was you know upset with Sony. Then he came out with the, uh, mm-hmm. the you know, the song Freedom because he was, you know, he was told he yeah. had to put something out. And so his, you know, it was all about, hey, you know, they, they sold you this image because that's what they told me to do. Uh, you know, you, yeah. you hear, you know, um, Vanilla Ice, you know, he would tell you the same kind of story, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I guess that's a common tale, you know, of, you know, well, yeah. you, you, if you want to be in the show and, you know, you've got that. You know, the executives say, well, here's how you're going to be in the show and, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, deal with it. Yeah. What do you do? You're yeah. like, well, yeah. I want to, I want to play. That? <laughs> that? Yeah. Brady and Johnny Bravo. Yeah. You fit the suit. <laughs> that, and then yeah. they do that to Phoebe Buffet. They, they recorded, <laughs> they recorded a yeah. video with her singing, except it wasn't her singing. And she listened yeah. to it and was like, oh my God, I sound so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was some other girl singing. She didn't even realize. But yeah, yeah. Well, and then of course they ended up doing that to uh, the gal from um, the Weather Girls. You know, uh, I can't remember the the rhythm or something. I don't know where. You know, everybody dance now. Oh yeah. You know, you see the big tall statuesque woman. You know, up on the pedestal. You know, she's that's not her. That's homegirl from the Weather Girls. But they mm. said that her type in bunny rabbit ears didn't fit the uh, what they were going for, the idea of what they were going for for the video because it was about uh, fitness and, you know, beautiful people and things like that. And I'm just like, excuse me? Uh, you did what? <laughs> mm. Yeah, she... You know, it's just like, what? Come on, people. But, see, I don't even know, you know, if she even got paid for that. I mean, I'm sure she did. I would hope she would have gotten royalties, but that wasn't found out till like 20 years later, which is sad. So, I mean, everybody there that was involved knew it, but, you know, she, she knew the real truth, so... And then what's the deal with McDonald's changing their uh their the oil that they cook fries in? You know, it was ninety three percent beef the fat, lard? uh, and then they switched the to vegetable oil. <laughs> so, like, what the hell? Because it was hardening people's arteries. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what's up with that? I don't even remember, to be honest with you. Although I, mean, I don't know if you know, because I work I worked at McDonald's in my mid thirties, and I found out later. Because I used to, that was my thing, is make the fries. And they would keep them in the freezer, and they would keep other things in the freezer, too, like the milkshake uh, mix and all this other stuff. I remember the first time I went in there, I was like a really heavy odor of, like, milkshake, sugar kind of a thing. And I'm like, man, I'm like, this is like walking into an ice cream factory or something. And... uh then I remember going in there a couple of other times and there wasn't any milkshake milk mix in there. I'm just like, why do I keep smelling like a heavy sugar aroma? 
Well, that's because McDonald's puts sugar in their fries. <laughs> really? So the lard, yeah. They took the, they took the lard away and made it, you know, cooked them in vegetable oil, but you know, they seasoned them with with a a mixture that includes sugar. That's why they're people eat them like they're going out of style. And I actually found that out like probably 15 years after I worked there. And I was like, I knew it. I knew they would <laughs> ask people. I was like, do these guys have sugar? Who would put sugar in potatoes? Come on now. It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, but every time I go and I grab a bag of these things, they're so sugar. I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe it's just, maybe I'm having a stroke or something. I don't know. <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, they took, they took yeah. one, one health hazard away and just added another one. Yeah, and that's funny. The um, there was a book that I had read. Um, God, it's got to be a few years back now, where it it talks about the science behind, you know, the you know what 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 gets involved to create, you know, the foods that you know are snack foods, if you will, um, and <laughs> you know the if the <clears throat> industry gets you know, is getting tackled by, you know, like health organizations to say, you need to be more healthy. They're like, okay, so, you know, you want us to do it with no fat. So what they'll do is they'll increase the, um, you know, the other bad stuff in it, you know, whether it be salt or sugar mm -hmm. in order to mm -hmm. make it so that they can say, oh, we're, you know, we're 90% mm -hmm. fat free, you know, but, you know, yeah. they'll still add, you know, those other additives or whatever it is in order to get us to continually eat them over and over again. You know, because the whole idea is, you know, you, no one just has one French fry. You're going to have the whole pack. Yeah. No one's going to have just mm -hmm. a single Pringle. You're going to eat the whole damn can. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> you know, it's like going in and having, you know, a single Coke. You know, come on. Who does that? <laughs> So, you know, the whole idea, you know, they, and they, they'll sell it to you cheaper and they'll sell you a bigger quantity of it. And it's to get the person to return and continue to buy it over and over again. So yeah. it's to get you addicted. That's exactly all that's about. I never heard that about McDonald's, though. I hope they don't come after you, Rose, for exposing. <laughs> no, it was actually it was on a it was in a, uh, on a website about uh, seven or ten or it was like the most highly addictive fast food items, you know, in America or something like that. And uh, they always had, you know, like something like Taco Bell's got some kind of shit that they put in, you know, their meats or, or, or it wasn't meat. And then it and then they made them have meat, you know, because it was just <laughs> everybody's got their their tales to tell, you know, because of what it boils wow. down to is money. It's it's. I the, feel so abused. <laughs> well, you should. I mean, I because so it's just it's terrible because they want, like Dave said, they want you to keep coming back. They want repeat customers. They they want you to be addicted to this stuff so you can't live without it. Right. Uh, and it's it makes them money, and they don't care if you're healthy or not. You know, because technically no one's forcing you to eat it. You know, like the kids, what was it, that thing with the lawsuit with the mom that the kid had gained like 50 pounds or something? And, well, who told you to feed your kid McDonald's every day? You know, well, it's cheap. Well, maybe you should have some better parenting skills or something. 
I don't know, exactly. but it happens. Make yeah. them baked potatoes, you know, vegetables are cheap. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. No, you know, I'm looking it up online, and it does say that they use dextrose to keep the coloring of the of the fries, like, nice and golden and even. Nice? So they don't get grayish. <laughs> but, yeah, that's sugar. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, you know they don't. We don't use that for the flavor. We just use the soap. Should I say anything? You know how many how many (laughs) kinds of candy were in my Christmas stocking that I'm just like, you know, that that's just like all over my house now. So sugar is like everywhere this time of year. (laughs) Crazy. Um, they had uh, we went to Target to finish up getting some Christmas stuff last week, and and I'm looking at the shelves that had had candy on it just the you know week before that and i'm going uh is there any more like stuff that's not this you know (laughs) it was just like little remnants and odds and ends of just things you wouldn't even know why they made yeah you know fast and, and shop early this year People yeah. were really paranoid about not being able to get the stuff they wanted, and everything went fast. Everything went fast. I had to be super creative, but um, it was appreciated, which was great. So, but the thing that I saw, and I don't know where they'd gotten them from, it was like this whole. The, you see the bins, the end caps, where there's like the wired bins. So if you put like clothing items or things that aren't going to fall mm-hmm. through the slots, and there was six of them, six tiers in a row, and all six were filled with the bags of green and red M&Ms. And I just stood there and I looked and I went, okay, so you've got these, and why aren't people buying these? But you don't have anything else. I mean, they had the expensive, like, Lynn's chocolates and Ghirardelli and stuff like that. But it was looking more towards something for kids. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to give a kid a bag of red green M&M's. Well, I'm not going to give a kid a bag of M&M's full stop. But, you know, it's just like, mm, yeah, I think I know why you're there, maybe. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you had, we were like, last year's <laughs> stock and they ran out of stuff so they just brought you out from the back so people could hurry up I I don't know if that's true yeah Target might come after me for that one but it just (laughs) just makes sense why there were so many of them and nothing of anything else yeah and this is why um I I think my parenting or parenting skills are suspect sometimes because my Mm -hmm. uh my youngest daughter uh, she, mm-hmm. uh, whenever we asked coming into Christmas this year, it was like, well, what do you want for Christmas? Her only answer was peanut butter M&M's. Um, <laughs> so it's all about peanut butter M&M's. Uh, anytime you get, you know, she, she would throw in like some other things. Like there was like a book she wanted and stuff like that. But that was her go-to answer. The first thing that had come out of her mouth, peanut butter M&M's. So, um, on uh, during Christmas shopping, we came across this. What th- they labeled it pantry size peanut butter M and M's, which is basically mm. just a, uh, a you know a, a plastic tub container full of peanut butter M and M's. 
Um, so I wow. mean, you're not think you don't think shareable size and stuff like that. This is you know on steroids. Um, <laughs> and so, on my daughter opened a box this, on Christmas morning, and she got the pantry sized peanut butter M and M's. Um, and this is the first time I've ever decided to look up what is a serving size of um, for you know peanut butter M and M's. And there's about fifteen. Mm-hmm. Fifteen is the serving size. In that container, yeah. there were fifty five servings. Oh, <gasps> wow! Yeah, <laughs> like a year supply. It's like well, bomb shelters, <laughs> not pantry. <laughs> yeah, let, let's see yeah. how long that lasts. <laughs> 55 times 15. Or would you divide 15 into 55 to see how many? Yeah, you'd have to do 55 times 15 in order to figure out how many, like, individual M&Ms are in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we did that math on Christmas morning because, you know, we were trying to work it out. I bet. You know, because it was like, okay, (laughs) there it is. (laughs) There's your, what you asked for. <laughs> but but going along to that so point cool. of you know the you know you can't have just one you know and you know the snacking you know that we as Americans do that's you know that that's going next level I think <laughs> if if, yeah. if someone were to sit down and eat a pantry sized uh you know container of M and M's I, I I think they need some sort of award or um you know some sort of death certificate I don't know but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. So the other day, I'm sorry, I'm rabbit trailing. Scott's not here, so somebody has to do it. Um, I'm watching this thing on YouTube called Queen Victoria's Festive Christmas or some shit like that. Or Christmas Feast. Queen Victoria's Christmas Feast. And it basically talks about when uh, Prince Albert and Queen Victoria were in power of their nine children. Their Christmas... They initially probably, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, created, because a lot of the Christmas that we celebrate comes from Germany, you know, with the trees and the Christmas cards and carols and all that stuff, you know. uh, But he, a lot of that stuff, like Chris wrapping and things like that, they, they initiated and uh, then other, it caught on with other people. So it talked about that, and then they had like one special room. It was the Christmas room with the presents for each of the children. Each child had his own table with all of their presents on it, and they put tags on it so you would know whose was whose. But then they got to the dinner, and I thought, okay, well, this will be interesting. So dinner consisted of, six courses and there was like uh, a soup a soup was first and then there was like an appetizer and then there was a fish course and then there was the beef course and then there was the main entree which is the turkey and then there was the I don't know how many courses that is so far. When it got down to six was the desserts. They also had a savory dish to go with that, with the desserts, like the plum pudding and the and the jelly and, and all of that stuff. 
So the, the one of the savory dishes was asparagus and white sauce. So where that fits in with dessert, I have no idea. But that was just for the people at the main table, you know, the guests and, and Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, you know, and everybody at the main table. The side table that ran along the wall, you know, facing the big table, that's where you had the 300-pound oxen legs, uh, a <laughs> boar's head. Uh, there was like some kind of platter of meat inside of meat, some kind of pork meat that had pork meat inside of it. And just all of these elaborate things that were sent to them from other royalty. So they would have people coming in and out throughout the whole meal and just, you know, displaying all these things that, you know, they were sent. And I'm just looking at this stuff going, where are you putting it all first? Because, yikes, this is all <laughs> And second of all, if you don't finish it all, and we all know there wasn't like a whole lot of storage, you know, uh, things happened back then. There was no refrigeration or anything like that. Where the hell are you keeping the leftovers? And if you're not keeping the leftovers, what are you doing with it? You know, it just like blew my mind just with a million all questions. The, so many questions. You know, just could not even uh, fathom, you know, first of all, having that much food to deal with in one night, let alone, you know, a week. But to be able to just just watch footmen bring in more shit. And oh, this is from Lord and Lady Belshire from the Yorkshire district, you know, and in bring in, you know, and they're just looking at this stuff going, oh, I'm nauseous now and I'm not even eating. It's like, what the <laughs> hell? You know, I just thought to myself, man, you guys have got it great. You know, it's good to be the queen. But, you know, it's like a lot of food. And the kids, you know, their trees, the Christmas trees that each child had, was adorned not with ornaments as per se, you know, we have now. There were ornaments, but they were candy. And and each candy was individually wrapped in this colored foil, you know. And I'm thinking, looking at the tree going, there's got to be a hundred ornaments on that tree. Please tell me these kids aren't polishing off. <laughs> and this is before dinner. Jesus Christ. And then they had like the sugar plums that they would make. Uh, the, the, basically, the, a sugar plum was uh, a confection that was created unlike an M&M. It had like a chocolate center and then you had like the candy coating that went on top of it. And then there was a sugary finality to the outside of it to shape it to look like a plum. But it wasn't made with plums. Hmm. I always wondered about that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not, they're not even plums. Well, no. No, so much. No, nothing really even organic in there. <laughs> well, it gets organic, but, you know, you probably would gain like 30 pounds just eating two of them. Yikes. You know, yeah, that's crazy. So, I'd throw that in their little Christmas trivia. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I know. So, don't feel bad, Dave. <laughs> Your daughter eats that whole pantry bucket of 
<laughs> pantry bucket. That's probably a great way to put it. Yeah. That's what it kind of looks like. Yep. Peanut butter M&M's. Yep. It's okay. And we kept probably we kept messing with her up until Christmas because we're like, are you sure you wanted peanut butter M&M's and not peanut? The, the ones in the yellow bag, right? And she's like, you know that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't ask for much. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's good, though. All right, um, did you want to throw in any other headlines, or are we ready to move on to movies? Let's move on to movies. Yeah, let's it, do it movies. Okay. okay, so on that same link that I sent you guys, there's the uh, top ten popular movies. Uh, and uh, I guess the one that was the uh, the big one for them all, you know, and uh, you know, for uh, the season that we're in, you know, was uh, Home Alone. So, um, you know, we're seeing Macaulay Culkin's face and – you know, trying to beat the robbers and, um, yeah. So that was all over the place in 1990. Uh, I, I don't think I saw it in 1990. Uh, cause if you guys remember, this is, I had just joined the Navy in 1989. So it was like, you know, going to go see, you know, Macaulay Culkin, you know, um, what would have been like the top thing on my to-do list. Uh, but I, mean, I saw it eventually and I thought it was a cute movie. I guess, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why it was all that and uh, you know a, a, a pat mm. of butter, but for what it was, it's a cute movie. So I'll, I'll give it that. Mm, it was clever. Yeah. You know, a big family film that everybody could go to. You know. Right. Yeah. So, for the holidays. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to get a laugh, if you ever seen the pitch meeting for that, <laughs> freaking hysterical. They make him out to be like a psycho. <laughs> Well, he basically wished his parents were dead, and then they were, and he was okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think but, yeah. uh, my boy, he would be like, yeah, there wouldn't be like partying like he was, you know, like uh, like he was doing, but it would be, you know, like uh, no one's going to be around. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we never. I don't think we've ever gotten to some place where we're like all of a sudden you know realized oh my god where's josh you know but in this case it would have mm-hmm. kevin but um yeah i just remember that yeah. being very iconic where i think it was was it was she on the plane at that point when she was like oh my god where's kevin yeah they were in the air yeah on the plane yeah 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 um yeah go ahead poor kevin <laughs> i know bless his heart uh, okay, so number two is Ghost. Uh, so Patrick Swayze, uh, Demi Moore, uh, mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Ghost Goldberg. was yeah. good. Yeah. That was a good movie. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, made uh, making pottery into a very uh, sexual kind of a thing. So. Yeah, uh, that was one hot scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Messy. Very romantic. Very romantic. But okay, so it was it was a kind of a sexy scene they had to throw in, but it really got you invested in that couple, you know? Right. Yeah. So it made the rest of the movie important because then, you know, they were separated and he was trying to protect her from the great beyond. So Right, right. It served a purpose. <laughs> the, the, you know, it's cheesy. The the like the one line that really kind of stuck with me throughout the years was the part where he's finally disappearing at the end of the movie and he says something mm-hmm. along the lines of you know you take all the love with you and i was like ah that's sweet it's, it's beautiful yeah. yeah 
just uh-huh. that depiction of the afterlife would just it felt like almost plausible you know like it was it very did. well done yeah it was very it well did. done even when the villain got his comeuppance yeah ooh, it was creepy very much yeah yeah, yeah. that was really interesting and then uh, number three brought us uh, Dance of the Wolves. Uh, so we have Kevin Costner making uh, coffee for Indians. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the big scene where I remember him trying to ask them where all the buffalo went. And then, you know, Tatanka, yeah. Tatanka. So, oof, oof, yeah. oof. <laughs> <laughs> trying to teach them to say yeah. it. Mm. It's a good film, too. A long yeah, film. Yeah, it is, it yeah. is a very long film. That's when I knew. I mean, I pretty much knew it from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So that's when I definitely knew that Kevin Costner turned into a very boring person. <laughs> he, he would really? go and continue to be boring with the Postman and Waterworld. Uh, Waterworld. Yeah. 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 So I was right. Yeah, that's what kind of flops. I, I really like Dances with Wolves, but I did too. Yeah, Waterworld was like, what the heck are you doing? And. <laughs> And Robin Hood, he just, like, kind of was – I mean, that was, like, a very pop culture version of Robin Hood where we didn't mind that he sounded like he was from California the whole time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that movie to its entirety. I can't stay awake long enough. I, I actually I did not mind <laughs> the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves movie. I, I, a lot of people love it. I, I wouldn't say love, but, I, I mean, yeah. I like it. <laughs> That's word. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not ready for that kind of commitment yet, <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely. I, I remember liking it. I remember. I, I'm I'm sure I've seen it a few times. And you know, when I had uh, uh, got my hands on starting to do um, uh, non-sport collecting cards, there was you know several packs of that movie. I remember having those. Uh, probably still have in the basement. Um, so yeah, I, I had my stint of uh, relationship with that movie. But it's kind of come, come and gone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, Pretty Woman. Uh, now, I know that, Rose, this is not a favor of yours. I've seen it too many times. Yeah. Uh, mine was very, she was enamored with that, uh, Dirty Dancing and Roadhouse. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about your uh, yeah. Patrick Swayze obsession friend. So. Yeah. <laughs> Lord bless her. But well, he wasn't Pretty Woman, though. That was Richard no, Gere. No, I know. But, you know, there's just three movies that she watched on ah, a consistent okay. basis. Yeah. Yeah, but um, Pretty Woman's one of my wife's favorites. So I've, mm-hmm. in my uh, older life, have probably seen it a lot more than I'd like to admit. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it, I think it's a cute movie. I like it. I don't mind it. You know, she she really digs it, and you know, it's it's one of those movies that I don't know how this happens, but you have those movies that you, if you come across it, you'll watch, but you're never committed enough to go find the DVD and put it in. You know, because yeah, that's like yeah. too much work. <laughs> yep. But Pretty Woman, yeah. it's on. You know, we'll pick up wherever it's at and just kind of roll with it. Yeah. It was a fun movie at the time. Yeah. But I think kind of like a fluffy depiction of prostitution. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, yeah. like, 
that, that that's just not how, how I picture it actually going on. <laughs> They're on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. Like, we're our own bosses, and don't kiss yeah. them if you don't want to, and just, like, all this fluffy, fun stuff. Like, it's yeah. just a part-time job they have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we really, really want to get into acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No way, those are waitresses. <laughs> I guess it's like tell Richard, stripper, doctor, waitress, actor. That's how it rolls. <laughs> All right, so number five was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I remember there being a lot of hype around the uh, Heroes a in the Half Shell uh, at that, on that year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was something. Yeah. I went to see it. I don't remember hey. why. Yeah, the guy that played Casey Jones was a little hottie, so I sat, managed to stick it out watching it with my kids. Just like my sons were just all like, "Oh, mom, you gotta watch this," and I was like, "No, I really don't." <laughs> oh, who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But, yeah. I'm trying to see who played him. I can't remember. I see him in my mind's eyes. My grandmother would say. I don't know who he is. Uh, let's see. I've seen another thing before. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. Some kind of wonderful. He was uh, the bully. Mm-hmm. Elias, Elias Cotius. Sure. Yeah, that's... Um, what you said. Yeah. <laughs> he was like in um, Saving Pride Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yep, and several others. There was a TV show that we watched with him, uh, Chicago PD. Um before they oh, yeah. before they killed mm-hmm. off his character. Sorry, spoiler. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, okay. I was like, I I know I, I, I can picture him, and yeah, to me, it's always a <laughs> it always goes back to some kind of wonderful. If you're involved in that film, then I'm going to remember you for that. Um, there you go. And, and then there's other films that I'm sure you've done. And had a successful career, like a little thing like Saving Private Ryan, but you were some kind of wonderful, which is more important, right? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so number six, The Hunt for Red October. Um, I actually just watched a uh, submarine yeah, a movie. Uh, last, not last night, the night before. It was the one with uh, Tom Hanks called uh, Greyhound. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't uh. see that. There's actually a really good one with uh, Sidney Poitier and uh, Richard Widmark. I I love the reference this movie because it's an all-male cast. And I didn't really notice it until like halfway through. I'm like, oh, there's no women in this. And I just kind of wondered if it got any like serious backlash from, you know, groups in Hollywood at all. I have to look that up, but it's called the Bedford Incident, and uh, it's like 1950-something, 60-something. It was actually a really very good thriller type of movie, uh, kind of on the order of, uh, what's that, Mutiny on the Bounty, with uh, Humphrey Bogart, it's Captain Queeg, you know, and he's kind of like slowly losing his mind. Yeah. He's talking about the strawberries, mm. yeah. Yeah, so if you ever get a chance to, it's a good movie. Good submarine movie. But this one's really good because it's got uh, 
Sean Connery. So playing a Russian. Scott's been playing a Russian. <laughs> so, um, Suzanne, sounded like you liked that movie, huh? Um, I did like that movie. I did like, like that movie. It was very tense. Um, and wait, I'm trying to rem- I'm trying to remember. Was that Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Was that? Yeah, he's Jack mm-hmm. Ryan. Was mm-hmm. Jack Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, I think he did a decent job, and I was kind of hot for him, so I was up for that movie. Um, and you know, my husband took me to see it, and he's kind of a military aficionado. He, um, so he was big on the the whole submarine. Uh, like it's nice when we have a movie that we have in common, and we both are kind of excited about, even if it's because I'm, you know, hot for Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, no, it was a good I, film, and uh, a lot of really good actors. Yeah, and there was a lot. Uh, they were they very effectively brought you back and forth. Like it started out where the Russian guys were actually speaking Russian, mm-hmm. and then they kind of dr- transitioned you through this, I don't know, kind of blur, and then mm-hmm. they were speaking English, and you kind of bought it. Like yeah. now the movie's translating this for me. Um, yeah, and that that worked well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which is kind of a problem that this kind of movie is always going to deal with, where you're. Yeah. Um. And but but they were able to pull that off. I thought that was a very effective. So. I had uh, Sam Neill was in it. Yeah, did a very good he job. Did an excellent job, and one of my favorite lines in it because it's just so, it just seems so put on. But James Earl Jones. You know, he's in his office and Alec Baldwin walks in and um, it's something on the order. Jack, get in here. You look like hell. <laughs> you know, just like, he just been on the plane and he hates to fly <laughs> and all this crap. And he had to get his kid a teddy bear or something. I don't know. It was just just a lot going on. But he's just so strange. Old Joe's just so gregarious and just, you know, trying to brief him on everything that's going on with the the rogue submarine and all this stuff and it's just really sucks you in and especially the interchange with you know the russian and uh diplomat or president or whoever he's talking to and, and the, you know, the split screen thing it's like like a back and forth mm-hmm. kind of like you're going to say something and i'm going to say something and, and it just i don't know that was really well very well filmed mm-hmm. Yeah, All right, so the other um, uh, movies that round out yeah, the top ten. Really, very well done. Oh, I'm sorry. I, for a second there, you broke up. You guys hear me? I'm here. Yeah, oh, okay, we can cool. hear you. All right, cool. Yeah, we're here. All right. I think I sat on my cord. Sorry. Ah, no worries. Uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, real quickly. Total Recall, Die Hard Two, Dick Tracy, and then Kindergarten Cop. So it's interesting to see Total Recall and Kindergarten Cop being, you know, in the top yeah. in the top ten. You know, so yeah, it, it felt it, it felt yeah. very yeah, Michael J. Honest. Fox type ish. You know, because that's what I'd used to like in the eighties <laughs> see him everywhere, and now it was Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I would have I would have traded one of those probably Kindergarten Cop or Total Recall with Edward Scissorhands. Only I was because... going to bring up Edward Scissorhands. That was a great film. Yeah, it was. That's one good. of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, we went with Flatliners. Yeah, yeah Flatliners is a good one too. Yep. So we could replace That's two of those. Neat. 
<laughs> yeah, because you know what? Dick Tracy was terrible. That was a terrible movie. Fucking right it was. Jeez, How did that make... Th- oh, and that was like the ninth most popular box office film? That's a shame. Yeah. Shame on you, American public. What the oh, hell? Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty and Madonna. Of course. Yeah, that... Yeah. See, people just, Madonna fans probably just ran out and watched the stupid movie. That's what it was. Yeah. I was excited, actually, to see it because I grew up watching the TV shows, well, the cartoon as a kid. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, now they've got a live action. Can't wait to see this. And I just watched it going, what is that? Dopey. It didn't even make good camp. You stole my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> How rude. I know. Uh, all right. So, um, oh, yeah. Goodfellas was out in 1992. That's right. Oh, I love that movie. How did that not? That was yeah. excellent. Yeah, that was an excellent film. Yeah. That was a great film. All right. So what are we doing next? We're talking uh, TV shows? Good. Yeah, okay. TV Biggest show. television shows yeah. from 1990. Number one was Cheers. Number two, 60 Minutes. Three, Roseanne. Four, Different World. Five, Cosby Show. Six, Murphy Brown. Seven, Empty Nest. Eight, America's Funniest Home Videos. Number nine, Golden Girls. And number 10, Designing Women. Um, you would have thought that I would have been like all over Empty Nest because that was a Christy McNichol uh, vehicle, but I, yeah. ne- I never watched it. I never watched it either. Yeah. Uh, I didn't yeah. realize it was that popular. I didn't either. I, I yeah. I, I didn't watch America's Funniest Home Videos that much either. Did kind of sort of the Golden Girls, Designing Women, definitely. I and used to course. watch Designing Women at Columbia Pictures when it first came out. Sweet. Yeah, it was neat. I went to a taping yeah. and everything. Los I Angeles. love Annie. Right. <laughs> I love Annie Potts. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's terrific. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. I used to watch Cheers, but I didn't like those early episodes with Diane. I liked it a lot better after Christy Alley came on, and that Me was too. Yeah. 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 They made Shelley Long extremely pretentious, yeah, which is sad because you already had <laughs> Frasier, who you know, Frasier and Lilith, and you know, you throw her in. It's just like, oh, come on already. But, yeah. Yeah, going uh, back to America's Funniest Home Videos, I remember uh, every time I've ever watched it, and you know, every so often I'll turn it on when I see that it's on. You know, I I almost spend the majority of the time going, ooh, oh, yeah. So um, did we discuss this recently? We, we had to, have, yeah. We we had to. Have. Yeah, yeah. People, put down the camera and help that poor child. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, going back to, uh, a different world, um, yeah, I was, I was team Lisa Bonet. So, uh, you know, she, she getting a spinoff from the Cosby show and doing her own thing. You know, of course I watched. Um, so I, I was, I was into that show for, I don't know, maybe the first season, if I remember right. I think I was too. Yeah. Yeah, because it was the new hottest thing. Right. And um, it was, you know, because she was like the cool, she was the cool character on, on the Cosby show. Right. 
you know, she's the only one. But yeah, other yeah. than you know, you had the cute part of it, and you you know, had Theo and mom and dad, and but she was like too cool for herself, so she got a spinoff, and then they had a lot of really good actors to a different world, and they had real social issues on there. Not that they didn't on the Cosby Show, but you know, things that impacted everybody. Right. And um, it just, you know, she she yeah. held her own with, you know, the rest of them. And uh, I always liked her and then ended up following her acting career. And I thought, uh, maybe I should just stick to the TV. Show. <laughs> <laughs> she made some pretty weird movies. Yeah, yeah, I didn't thought go too far pretty. after that. Yeah, I just kind of went, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> so I think when you go, they try and be a little too edgy, and, and you know, in the backfire. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I liked her no, in um, uh, John Cusack's movie um, High Fidelity. She, she, was she in that? She was in that. Yeah, she was a uh, recording artist. Um, that uh, wow. um, yeah, she was. I need to watch that movie. I didn't like it when I first saw. I've turned it off after like fifteen minutes. But um, I need to. My son keeps my mom. You just really gotta just put your differences aside and just watch the movie because it's actually really good. I'm just like whatever. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that. That's one of my favorite movies of all times. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, any others on this top ten list that you guys want to talk about? No? Okay. No. I used to like Murphy Brown. Me too. It's kind of fun. Yep, yep. Yeah, she has a really good Power line. woman type of, yeah, type, type yeah. of scenario. Yeah. Uh, got a little pretty in the end there, you know? Like, now yeah. it's just like, this would be just like too... Um, volatile political climate to have that kind of show appear but <laughs> yeah she's actually in a movie this year uh candace bergen with meryl streep oh, i can't think of the third woman's name but it's actually uh, a story about uh meryl streep is a a writer and she's been doing trying to do some memoirs for like the last 20 years or something and they finally gave her an ultimatum uh to get it done so she goes and takes two of her best friends to this big fancy hotel and uh she's got like a couple of weeks or something to probably get the story all along i just thought it was really funny you know that these actresses you know and they're because meryl streep's not that old but then you got Candace Bergen, I think, who's, you know, is pretty up there. And I wish I could remember the second actress. But it actually looks really funny. So I may have to, I have to watch it. Oh, good I'll have to go to IMDb first to find out what the name of the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we've got IMDb. Thank God for IMDb. Thank you, 1990. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so let's move on to music. Um, there's uh there's a quite the lengthy list of number one hits uh, that came out in 1990, and I just wanted to uh, I'm not going to read them all, but what I want to do is just kind of highlight some of the ones that had an impression on me, 
and then you guys can do the same. Um, okay. Uh, Wilson Phillips, hold on. Um, I, it, it, once again, I said it earlier, you know, if you do anything with uh, some kind of wonderful, I'm going to bring it up. Mm-hmm. China Phillips was actually mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, but no, I just that was I, a big song. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was definitely their song, and actually, I'd heard it. I want to say a few weeks back, and I actually sang along with it um, because it's just it's Aww. so catchy. You know, it, it's like one of those things. It is. It's quite the earworm, is what it is, uh, but in a good mm-hmm. way. It's like one of those that I have not gotten yeah. tired of hearing. Uh, John Bon Jovi uh, did Blaze of Glory, which is from uh, Young Guns 2, um, and mm-hmm. I absolutely loved, uh, you know, the, you know, the whole premise of the song, um, you know, talking about uh, Billy the Kid and how he has to steal for everything he's got in his life. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, this was Bon Jovi in just, you know, hair rocking days that was just... I remember watching the video, and yeah, it's just basically a uh, abandoned movie theater, you know, and it's him wearing all the leather, just with his guitar, and you mm-hmm. know, just being a badass. So, it's, way to go, John! Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. There's one other one. Ice, ice baby. You know, of course, you, you can't go wrong with vanilla mm-hmm. ice. It's kind of snarly, if you ask me. Yeah, well, I I bought into the hype at the time, so. (laughs) But those are just the ones. Other than Roxette, um, I see Roxette is I think on here twice, if I remember right. It must have been Love. Mm -hmm. Um, Where did I see? She had a good voice. Oh yeah, was it? Oh, that was it. All right, never mind. Yeah. It was uh, yeah, Wilson Phillips have, it twice. There you go. We have the the debut here of Mariah Carey, though, with Vision of Love. That was an amazing vocal. Oh, there you go. Yeah, mm. good call. Yeah. And, you know, she was quite the powerhouse. Probably one of the most amazing voices ever. Now, she's gotten a little flaky over the years, too, because, you know, mm-hmm. I, you, can't, you can't have that voice forever. I mean, you, you just can't. Just nobody can. Mm-hmm. Um and it was it wasn't too long ago, like she did this thing on New Year's Eve, um, and she just like walked through a song, and it was terrible, and the the camera people were trying to like distract from it, and that it was it was horrifying. But <laughs> you know, what do you, what do you expect? Like you know, thirty years after her debut, to be able to really pull off the same kind of stuff anymore? You yeah. know, you think she'd just be satisfied with what she had, but kind of oh. sad. No. But this, when this song came out, it was like unbelievable. Yeah. The notes she could hit. Yeah. I remember I saw a cartoon or something that said basically, "Oh, Christmas is over. It's time to put Mariah Carey away." So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Suzanne, go ahead. What uh, what songs are uh, talking to you on this list? Let's see. What else? I like I. At the time, like this uh, Sinead O'Connor song and a couple of other songs that she did. Nothing compares to uh, you. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of neat. I think Prince wrote that song. It was a neat song. Yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, and very sparse. You know, it was all her vocal performance. So yeah. uh, I liked that. I thought she was talented. Um, you know, she's had her problems these days, too. Poor thing. 
what else? I guess I missed yeah, the headline. The, what's what's the, going on with Sinead? Um, I think she has a lot of um, mental health issues. Uh-huh. Too bad. Yes. Or to get ones, you know, she's been struggling with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of kind of uh, um, kind of empathize, you know, with with people who are struggling long term. Yeah. With those kind of issues. So, so hope she's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what the heck? Cute little Paula Abdul song. You know, this was like, these are very poppy time kind of songs that I'm remembering. Like, it wasn't an edgy decade. Opposites no. well, I remember so that video. Black yeah. Velvet. Oh, kind yeah. of cute with the, yeah, with the cartoon, cartoon cat, cat yeah. you know. I mean, how, how, how cutesy is that? Yeah. <laughs> can't go wrong with michael bolton how am i supposed to live without you i celebrate that guy's entire music catalog yeah i know right for me Uh, but you know whatever you're into no that was just me (laughs) quoting a line from office space okay that is not me i I do not (laughs) celebrate mr michael bolton's entire catalog (laughs) plenty of people do so Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Uh, Rose, you got any of these songs popping out at you? Oh gosh. Uh, well, you know, Michael Bolton definitely, Phil Collins, Notre Dame Paradise. I was just, and I had no idea until the last minute, of course. And I was making my lunch, and all of a sudden, it popped into my head. We go together. Because offices attract, and you know, and I'm just like, oh my god, where the hell did that come from? And here it is on the list. It's just like <laughs> the precursor, it's foretelling the future. Um, yeah. Janet Jackson's Escapade. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That was always one of my yeah, that's favorites. That's a good song. That's, that's right. a very that's a good, good song. song. I haven't heard that uh, one in forever, though. My God. I watched the video a lot because I, I like watching her videos because they're always dancing and stuff. Uh, Vogue. By Madonna. I'm not a, a Madonna fan. She does things every so often that kind of draw my attention to her. When she brought a, you know, the the she did the song and it, it's a, I can't even talk tonight. It's it's recognizing the gay community and the houses that they had where they could go and be outlandish and diva-ish and just the music would play and they would don their you know costumes and, and their best you know and they would out vogue each other you know <laughs> you had different families and stuff that you would get and it was all you know, it was serious but it was all for fun you know but there was a lot of of freedom that came from that you know and the fact that she you know recognized it for what it was you know, and then turned it into a song as a tribute to that movement. I just, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you got lucky. You know, you can do. Oops, like I said, I've never really been a fan of hers, but yeah. Um, and then of course, uh, what's that? Rock set. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. Well, it was it was kind of a mixed bag of things for 1990. You know, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't love Madonna, but I really love that explanation that you just gave about that song. So, yeah, I'll buy into that. Culturally, that's a significant song. People are still out there going Vogue, Vogue when they go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And to think, you know. People are still doing that shit. And to, yeah, to attach it to that, to that movement and that, you know, kind of liberation that it delivered to people, I think is kind of neat. So I'll go with that. Sweet. And as you were describing that, I'm like, is that why she started doing the uh, the cone boobs? Do you guys remember that? <laughs> remember the, tor- the, the yeah, torpedo I, boobs I that do. she would do? Um, yeah, yeah, I think that came out of, oh, what was that? Didn't that come out of, what was that coffee table book that she did? What was that movie that she did? Where? Did they go their own? It was like a documentary. No, no. This was like a documentary about her. Oh. It's like a day in her oh, life. Yeah. I don't a- remember the timeline of all this, like what was when. Yeah. But she did yeah. some kind of obscene sex book and then uh-huh. some kind of video that was banned uh-huh. and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But I don't know. That that Gaudier pointed bullet boob thing might have come first. I don't know. I think we was all about just you know, what do I have to do to make sure people are still looking at me? <laughs> That's how I felt that she yeah. conducted her career. And it worked for her, but uh-huh. I didn't really feel like it was art. I felt like it was commerce. There you go. And the book was called Good Sex, guy. and it was released in 1992. Oh, there you go. There you go. I was curious. I'm like, I know that. I know what that is. Oh, yeah. I just didn't yeah, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know what I'm going to get here. I'm actually typing the word cone boobs Madonna. Um, I got the image, <laughs> um, but I don't have. What year was that? Uh, the story behind Madonna's iconic Jean-Paul Gaultier cone bra. Yeah, said Gaultier. I knew the designer who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. It was actually uh, her first night. Blonde Ambition Tour in uh, April 1990 in Japan. It's the first time she wore it. Okay. Yeah, so we, 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 you pegged the year for that. Yeah. That maybe was this so. year. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And the article I'm looking at is, oddly enough, from Vogue. <laughs> yep. I'm looking at the same there article. You go. They look so tame in retrospect. Why am I remembering something more severe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In my brain, I had them like way more. Yeah, like like Sufi. I don't know how to to say this. Lethal. (laughs) Lethal. Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Put somebody's eye out with them things. All right. So. we jumped all over the place. Is there anything else about 1990 that you want to talk about? Okay, silence so. is going to be a no. Um, no, we covered a lot of ground. We did. Yeah. This one, there was somewhere in here that I, I did see something about quotes. And I thought there was one that popped out of my brain, but I've lost it. Hmm. Well, oh, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> yes. 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 
the uh, the live call commercial. I can't get. Talk about a TV commercial going kind of uh, infamous, and you know, and I know a lot of it was the tongue in cheek. You know, everybody making fun of it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah. the, the actual product itself is you know a life saving device. But it became it quite is. the it became quite the you know the, the joke. You know, but you know. Yeah, it, well, it, it really was a corny, just badly produced commercial. Yeah. But mm-hmm. one that everybody saw all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember like people, people making fun of that relentlessly. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Crazy. Here's something I didn't realize happened in 1990. The first four episodes of Seinfeld. Hmm. Huh. After the first four episodes aired no, that's like, this summer of 1990, NBC took a leap of faith and ordered 13 start. more. Well, cool. Yeah. That was the beginning of an era, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if that is it, that's going to be our wrap-up for our year-end discussion uh, here at the end of our uh, very crazy 2020 um so mm-hmm. um yeah, wow yeah so uh we we all appreciate you listening in and uh being along for this journey as we talked about 1970 1980 and now 1990 uh so uh stay tuned to the uh, at the end of 2021 we'll do the same thing but this time it'll be 71 81 and 91 uh, so looking and forward to that. have a lot more positive <laughs> stuff to talk about. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well. We're, we're not going to spend so much time harping on, hopefully, you know, the crazy year that we would have went through with 21. Um, you know, mm. just hoping for a lot more positivity and good stuff to come out of that year than what we've had this year. Yeah. Um, so this is what we're going to remind you. We have a website out there. That's bonsairetroclub.com. Uh, so please go out there, visit us, follow us on all our social media uh, endeavors. Uh, each of us has kind of our own thing that we're doing with Twitter and uh, Facebook. And so all of those links, you can you know check us out there. You want to drop us an email, let us know what your thoughts are for the great year of 1990. Then we'd love to get that feedback. Uh, so send that to us at mcfly at bonsairetroclub.com. Uh, if you're listening to us on a podcast app, whatever that may be, be it iTunes or iHeartRadio or Spotify, if there's a way that you can hit a subscribe or give us a review, we would love to get that kind of feedback as well. So uh, please go ahead and do that for us. Um, uh, let's see. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? Be excellent to each other. <laughs> yep. Right before that, I just did want a, a quick reminder we are going to take a short pause, uh, but we will be back in about a month. So uh, then, uh, you know, stay tuned. Uh, you know, if you're starving for uh, a lot of stuff for us, we have a, uh, a great archive collection of podcasts for you to work your way through. So, uh, oh, yeah. so, so please, you know, go back to our old episodes and listen to them, you know, four or five times a day. Uh, we'll be more than happy for that. <laughs> Because um, we know you can't get enough of us. Uh, and uh, so this is the part where I'm going to remind you, please, 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 please be excellent to each other. And uh, we have no idea when you're going to listen, so have a good whatever.
Bye-bye. Bye. Happy New Year. This has been a Bonsai Retro Club production. Bonsai, Daniel Sad! Hey, Bonsai! Bonsai!